Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. This is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, part two of our series, When Life Changes in an Instant. Last week we did For the Worse. This week, For the Better. When life changes. Much more fun. (laughs) Yes. When it changes in an instant for the better. And I was telling Tiffany before we began that I don't think it needs to be like your entire life changes for the rest of your life in an instant. I think it can also be small moments in life where things changed just ever so slightly. and made Or where the status quo changes. Right, right. Where your daily experience, in this case, improves. Right, right. So I wrote down like multiple categories that this can occur in. And I mean, the obvious one is where it doesn't really change in an instant, but where you've worked towards something and then all of a sudden pay off, pay off. Yeah, kazam, like it finally Mm -hmm. pays off, Uh, which is it changing in an instant, but also, you know, years worth of work in some cases that lead to that instantaneous change. And of course, the most obvious example for me, and I could probably predict yours as well, is working at NPR for two years as an intern with no job openings, no prospects. And then all of a sudden a job opens and I apply for it and I get it. Now, that is like not an instant. I mean, it totally changed my life to actually get a paid job there. But at the same time, I had worked forever in true dedication to be ready to walk through that door when the door finally opened. So... I, that one's almost like on the margins of what I would count for what I think this episode should be about. But what do you think? I think it counts because even if you're working towards something, the moment that you get the phone call or the moment that the person shakes your hand and says you're hired, that is a moment. That is an instant. And you didn't know beforehand that it was you know, that it was a sure thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how hard you work towards something because sometimes you can work towards something and it doesn't pay off. That's so true. I do think it counts. Okay. And for you, I mean, in that category would be, did your book get published or not? You know, the first book mm-hmm. you had out, Midnight in the Yeah. Field. And I, would, I wouldn't consider the change to be publication date. When your book gets published, like you've got your quote unquote book birthday, they call it now on social media. Oh. And it's like, oh, 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 oh. Okay. Now what? Nothing's changed really. Um, mm-hmm. The moment for me that everything changed was the moment that I got the phone call from my agent saying we've had an offer. Yeah. Um, that to me, was the moment. There have been other moments where my life changed for the better, but that was professionally probably the most significant moment. I too, you know, had worked on that book for years off and on. I mean, I didn't have the time at that at that stage in my life to dedicate, you know, hours and hours every day, but I worked very, very hard on it, particularly the last year when I had my agent. And, you know, so I was like, okay, I got to really get it into shape. But, but you never know. There's no guarantees, even once you've published a book, but at least you can say, okay, I did it at least once. I've started my career at the very least. So for me, that was that was probably professionally the moment that my life changed. So another category, then another category I wrote down was, I didn't know what to call it, but I called it romantic moments, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably not a great title. But I feel like sometimes when I think about life changing in an instant for in a different direction for a better direction it it reminds me of all those times when you i mean not like there's all those times but those moments when you 
run into someone or you meet someone for the first time and you think, oh, who's this person? And it develops into something. But almost like that first moment where you just cross paths. And it, it, for oftentimes for me, that those kind of chance encounters feel like a change in an instant. Uh, you know, whether it's you were supposed to be there, you know, like you met a really interesting person at work or just randomly. Like one of the guys I dated in high school, I just happened to be browsing in a bookstore and he was in the bookstore, you know, <laughs> and we both kind of looked at each other and were like, hey, you know, you're cute or whatever. And so random stranger and all of a sudden you've met the next person that you're going to be dating. I don't know. What, what do you think of that category? The romantic? I think... I think, yeah, I think it definitely can change the path of your life. I think there are certain people who change your life, and I don't necessarily think they're always romantic encounters. I think that, you know, we meet people, and sometimes you know right away, this person is going to be important in my life in some way, a friend, a colleague, a romantic partner. I mean, yeah, it was the same with Claudio. We were at a party, and he was there, and I was there, and that definitely changed the course <laughs> of my life. Now, whether it was better or worse, the <laughs> jury is out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too, is that that's what I mean by that. It's not always that it changes it for the better forever, but it changes it for the better maybe in that moment. Like all of a sudden life becomes more interesting, more intriguing. Oh, definitely. Uh, the, the colors are all turned up a notch when you meet someone new. Yeah, mm -hmm. particularly. And I wonder, I mean, it must still happen, but it just... That's one of the questions I really have coming out of the pandemic and, and with, you know, so many people living on phones now is, is do these moments still happen? Like if I was in high school and that guy in the bookstore was sitting on the floor next to his friend looking at his phone and I walked in, would there have been any kind of encounter at all? Or would we have I think the question igno is, ignored each other? I think the question is, would he have been in a bookstore? <laughs> That's a good point. That's the question, you know? I mean, there was Would you some, have been in a bookstore? There was some question that after I got to know the guy of like, why was that guy in a bookstore? Because he was not an intellectual by any means. I, I As far as I could tell, he never read a book, honestly. So I don't well, know. Well, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe he was there for the accessories. Not to go off on a tangent, but there's not very many, you know, bookstores still exist, of course, but they're not as frequented as they were before Amazon. You know, now so many people buy their books on Amazon or on other online services that so fewer people are in the bookstore. Mm. And not that that has too much to do with this topic, but I think it definitely has to do with whether or not those chance encounters happen, because that is like, a, I feel like a kind of place where you would meet someone or at a library and now at a, at a cafe even, do you even notice people because you're looking at your computer while you're at the cafe? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you need to come back to Seattle because I will say Seattle, one of the most literary cities in the nation. And you're going to find people in bookstores here, like a lot of people. That's good to hear. Yeah. That's good to hear. So another category I thought of is those... Um, you know, kind of like you put some effort in, but it's really like a clap of lightning type thing. And my best example of that is when Derek got accepted to the fellowship that took us to Rome. And right. I'm sure we've told that story on the show before a long, long time ago. But basically, the morning he found out that he had gotten this fellowship, a fellowship that, by the way, we did not expect him to get. We had been told that it was incredibly competitive that they only accepted a very limited number of people, that it was a worldwide search. 
this was just throw your hat in the ring. Why the heck not? You know, it's kind of like throwing a dollar into the lottery when it gets high enough. You know, <laughs> that's kind of how we both thought about it. And I'm leaving for work and he's still in bed. And I just hear it like a shriek, like a scream from the back <laughs> room. And he comes running out into the kitchen and he just says, I got it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, because it's just random at this point. He's like, I got the Rome thing. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you actually got the, you know, and of course we had no time to talk about it because I had to go to work. But uh. that, that was one of those moments where you're just like, what is happening? Oh my gosh. Like now we have to decide if we're actually going. And it wasn't like we instantly decided we're going to Rome. But yeah, that that felt like a bolt of lightning. So it wasn't that he didn't throw his hat in the ring. He did throw his hat in the ring, but that he got it. I mean, yeah. the screaming alone that was major life changing. Yeah, and think about all that that created, like and, this show and his. <laughs> yeah, this show and your your career path, which has changed from what you know was previously, mm -hmm. and you living in many different places. Yep, I know. I know it's crazy. So that was the bolt of lightning moment. Do you have anything mm -hmm. that's like the bolt of lightning moment? I don't think I have a bolt of lightning moment. My move to Rome was very thought out and planned and dreamed about for, for a long time beforehand. And I really don't think I, I, I have a bolt of lightning moment. What about when, I mean, and again, it has a gestation period, but what about when you <laughs> first saw Aurelio? Well, I mean, again, it's kind of like the book. No, it isn't like the book because everything does change when your baby is born. Everything changes. But I think that like when you find out you're pregnant, you know, that's when you're like, oh my gosh, now everything is going to change. So there's sort of two moments. It's not really in an instant. It's, um, it's, it's actually not at all in an instant. It takes nine months, but, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when, yeah, when, when your child is born, everything changes uh, is almost as drastically as you can imagine, life-changing, but you do know it's coming. That's you know, true. for a fact, it's coming. <laughs> I mean, almost <laughs> for a fact, you know. Yeah. Tragedies can happen, but generally, you know what's what's coming. You can mentally try to prepare for it and practically try to prepare, although you're never 100% prepared, but at least, you know, you can get the bassinet and stuff. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I guess it is very prepared, but I would have to feel like, you know, as a person who doesn't have kids that won't have kids, I would have to feel like the minute you're actually looking at this human in your hands, that it has to have that almost kind of, that same kind of like, screaming shock that Derek had of like, oh my gosh, here is this person that we have made. I think maybe more for the father. Uh, I think the mothers, most of them, they're just, that's all they've been thinking about for the past nine months constantly mm -hmm. and preparing for and, you know, just thinking about it so much. What's the baby going to be like? And is he going to look like me? Is he going to look like him? What color hair is he going to have? You know, all these things, whatever it is, preparing their room, buying their clothes. It's just not a shock. Yeah. <laughs> you've you've been completely fixated on it for so long, even though it's it's obviously strange, but you've imagined yourself doing it. I feel like when I took that baby in my arms, I, I felt like it didn't feel so strange to me because I knew that that's what would eventually happen, I guess, if that makes sense. Do you remember what your first thoughts were when you saw what he looked like? <laughs> My very first word was, Eroso, he's redhead. Mm -hmm. That was the first thing I noticed and the first thing I thought. 
And the reason I, I think was because the midwife kept telling me what his hair color was as I was pushing. She's like, oh, he's got black hair. I'm like, what? That can't be right. <laughs> We're so, I mean, I was a towhead as a child. Claudio was very fair as well. Light brown hair when he was little. I'm like that can't be right. But anyway, what maybe it is. And then no, 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 no. Sorry, 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 sorry. It's blonde. It's blonde. I'm like, okay, that makes more sense. And then when I took him in my arms, I saw, oh no, <laughs> he's a redhead. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought. And still is so far. Still is. Uh... Oh, he will be forever. It's a permanent thing. <laughs> I mean, it'll fade as he gets, you know, into middle age, but he's a redhead for life. Yeah. Yeah. Till it goes. Were you going to say another category that yes. you come up with? So the only other one I came up with was something that's like, I guess I was thinking of something that's m less l changes your whole life for the better and more that it just dials up a moment to a higher, more joyful level. I have an example just to okay. try to illustrate. This is a while back and I am in Eastern Washington now, for those of you who have never been to the United States or to Eastern Washington specifically, parts of Eastern Washington are desert-like. It's basically hot rattlesnakes, but mixed in are these different lakes in there. So lots of scrub brush, but also lakes and these enclaves of beautiful places. Anyway, I was at a camp out there with a bunch of friends and... We're high schoolers, so this is not like a camp for children, but we're out there and it's late at night and we have been out on the lakes all day, basically with ski boats, water skiing, kneeboarding, which was a big thing back then. Not so much anymore. Oh, I used to love kneeboarding. So did I. I big into kneeboarding. Yeah, that was sort of my thing also. So we've been doing that all day and now most people at the camp are tucked into sleep and they've pulled all the ski boats out of the water and they are on their trailers, you know, the thing that they sit on that's pulled behind a car. Mm -hmm. And me and a, another girlfriend are out really late, and we're just out taking a walk alone together, and we find one of those boats, and we sit in it. And because we're out in the middle of nowhere, we're out in the desert, we just are laying back in the ski boat seats, and we're looking up at the stars. And this beautiful, clear night, and she is telling me, and this is the first time I ever remember learning about this, She's telling me not what the constellations are, because of course you learn what some of the constellations are when you're growing up, but she was telling me the, the legends behind the constellations. And specifically, mm -hmm. the one I remember that she was talking about was the constellation Cassiopeia. So we're basically there telling stories, beautiful night, nice and warm, and all of a sudden we hear the rhythmic thudding of running horses. And coming up the lane are not just one horse, but an entire herd of horses running up through the dark. And when they get to where we are, all of them just stop and start grazing around the boat. Wow. So now all of a sudden we're surrounded by horses under this beautiful starry sky. And something about the addition of the horses made it seem otherworldly, like this extremely magical and very bizarre moment. Where did these horses come from? We later found out that one of these horses was particularly clever and had figured out how to undo the fence at whatever farm that they were up, however far away from where we were. And he had gotten the latch out and then all of them had escaped. <laughs> uh, 
But for us, it was just sort of this weird appearance of like these massive animals, you know? Wow. It was amazing. That's what I mean. It was just like a moment that was dialed up in its strangeness and its magical quality, just enough to make that night one that you would never forget. Yeah, I can definitely remember a few nights like that. I don't know if I would count that as life-changing, though. I mean, unless it totally changes your perspective on life, like going forward. I don't know. Well, I'm, it's, I'm not... It's, it's not life-changing. It's when your life changes for the better. Like, that's a moment in my life, and it right. changed for the better. That's true. That's my, that's true. That's my argument, anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I actually can think of another category. Okay. It's hard for this to happen instantly. So I don't know if it falls into this category just because it's it's not instant, but it can be pretty fast. And that is when your health improves in some way mm. dramatically. Because, you know, your health can decline dramatically, quickly, yes. you know, especially if you're in an accident. Mm-hmm. I used to suffer from debilitating migraines, oh. as you know, because I think you witnessed at least one of them when yes. we were together in, in Rome. They came about every five weeks. They lasted 72 hours. I mean, almost to the hour. Like it was very easy to time them. The second day was by far the worst. The second day, I could not get out of bed unless I had no choice. But generally in the dark room with something cold on my forehead and no medication ever seemed to help. I finally got a medication that that helped me, but years in, years in, because Italy... I think this is a positive side of Italy, but Italy does not prescribe heavy painkillers. Maybe in the hospital they would, but not like two young ladies who have headaches, which actually one doctor told me, oh, women get headaches. She told me, women get headaches. It's normal, which is, that's not talking about that. It is um, (laughs) totally not okay. But anyway, I finally, 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 when I went to a doctor, as I had the migraine in he got it because he had prescribed me something else earlier and it was okay. Took the a tiny bit of the edge off. Long story short, the last year or so, I was managing it. But for about five years before that, it was just completely debilitating. And I came to find out what caused them, which was my vertebrae and my neck were misaligned. And it was something that happened after years and years and years and years of yoga, particularly standing on my head and doing shoulder stand and plow. So forcing the curve, the natural curve that is in your neck, eventually forcing it to go the opposite way. Um, And this would pinch after a certain time, after about five weeks, it would pinch a nerve enough that it would cause this terrible pain on the right side of my head and eventually shoulder. Um, So I'm telling you this because When I was pregnant, the first time I got a migraine after I was pregnant, I felt I can't take this medication because it's bad. You know, I looked it up and it was like, no, 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 you can't take this medication during pregnancy. And I just remember saying to Claudio, like, I don't know if I can face a pregnancy and have this migraine every five weeks and not be able to take anything for it. I don't know if I can do it mentally. Like I might go insane. Like that was just what I thought. Long story short, I never got a migraine again. That was the very last time I got one. Because I'm convinced when you're pregnant, your bones loosen up. So your hips can open so you can let the baby out and your rib cage opens. But all your muscles kind of loosen up. And apparently my vertebrae and my neck loosened up to such an extent that they were able to go back into the right position. Wow. To me, that was such a life-changing thing. Mm -hmm. Because to not suffer from those migraines anymore is 
it felt like it was magic. I don't know if other people have experiences with their health suddenly rapidly improving like that, or at least one little aspect, but that's one thing that popped into my head. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I feel like one way your life can change is a mindset shift. Mm-hmm. Not that I necessarily have experience with that, but I feel like that's another thing, another category at least. Like having a moment, like an aha moment when you're like, oh, wait a second. This is not the way I'm supposed to be living my life or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Could the, be. the kind of decision to walk away. I guess that's mm-hmm. another category. I mean, walk away, I'm saying like hypothetically. I guess I'm thinking of it also in those like romantic excursions where, you know, sometimes like where when you're in a relationship, for instance, since we were talking about relationships, you just don't really know what to do. At least I'm like that. I'm a sentimental, loyal person. And so it's very hard for me to (laughs) sort out what is the thing that's the right thing for me to do. I'll spend time, you know, meditating on it, thinking about it, really focus on it. And rarely do I actually get an answer. But occasionally I'll feel like, oh, I know. Now I know. I got to (laughs) go. Or I got to move out. Yeah, I think that that can definitely be a life changer. And it might be a professional thing, too. It might be like, okay, I got to leave this job. Yeah, but I think those are also in the slow burn category. Because at least for me, I'm the only time I make instantaneous decisions, (laughs) decisions where I'm like, (laughs) this is what needs to be done, is in a live radio context or something that has to do with the news. (laughs) Because there is no time. And when I when I am faced with an instant like that I love those moments in a way because I'm the most decisive I ever am but the rest of my life it's not like that (laughs) (laughs) it is not like that I will just talk about it and think about it and write about it and blah 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 for for ages (laughs) ages and ages years and years yeah I'm probably I'm probably more like that too Um, Although I'd love to like imagine myself as like Bridget Jones, just like, I quit, you know, (laughs) they play respect in the background, (laughs) storms out. I love that. But I don't know how realistic it is. No, I think those moments come up when you like, you're just fed up. You've thought about it and thought about it and you're pushed to the edge. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we are more than happy to hear your stories about when things change for the better or for the worse in an instant you can always send us an email just write to bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com you can also write to us through patreon if you are a patreon supporter you get two bonus episodes every month you're going to have first access to a very exciting thing we are doing in october but you can't find out about it unless you're over on patreon patreon.com slash the bittersweet life podcast uh you can also reach us on social media tiffany's there a lot yeah we're on facebook twitter and instagram just search for the bittersweet life podcast and you'll find us all right and until next time this is the bittersweet life changing for the better hopefully this week (laughs) i'm katie sewell i'm tiffany parks join us again bye if you love the show take a moment to leave us a review on apple podcasts we love to read why you listen and your rating might help someone else discover the show. Take just a couple of minutes to let the world know what you think of this show. It means the world to us. Thanks. Thanks.